Hey kids, this is me, Icy Robots. We're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, man, we're gonna we're gonna do a bit of this. We're gonna do a bit of that. It's gonna be gonna be a hoot and a half, but until we get to that hoot and bram, it's the grandpa gets back. Okay, Icy Robot. Let's get this party started right. Let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous with IC robot. Well, guys, well, my friends, well, my IC robot guys, I got, uh, I got some terrible news. It, it finally happened. Your boy, me, IC robots, has caught the bug. Yes, the bug has got a hold of me. And when I say the bug, I mean that horrible disease has been killing people left and right. There's like, there's like over a million dead bodies in its wake, and up until now, I have been able to avoid it. I played it smart, I wear a mask, I got vaxxed, I got boosted, I got double boosted. I do, I do all these, uh, things that I feel like I should. You know, I, I clean my hands, I, I avoid crowds whenever, whenever possible, and when I do go out in crowds that uh, I, I feel might be a little, uh, suspect, I, I, you know, I wear a mask. I'm not afraid to wear a mask in public, I... I want to be healthy. Being being uh, ill is not fun by any stretch. But it finally got a hold of me. It might have. It might have been the wrestling. My suspicion is that the guy who kept jumping in front of us at the wrestling show, and I hope that you remember that. That guy somehow gave me the COVID when he was when he was jumping up and down. I don't know if that's true, but I did in fact get it. It could have been the museum. Could have been any number of things, honestly. But uh, it is it is kind of irrelevant to try to figure out where it came from. It's not like. It's not like you, you can go back and, and retroactively avoid it. But I I got it. It's got me. I now have joined the rest of you. I was very proud to to not have gotten it this far. And I kind of I kind of felt like maybe I could avoid it forever. But you know what? It, it, it might not be possible. I feel like it's going to get everybody at, at some point. I, I, I'm sick at, like, right now. Like, I have terrible body aches. And, and, and uh, I feel warm. I feel hot. But overall, like, it, it kind of feels like a cold. Not a flu. More like a cold. I, I don't really have a cough. A little cough, like a bit. I, I'm not one that's prone to cough. Some people like get really bad coughs. My wife my wife is one of those people. Some people really fall prey to those and, and she she is in fact coughing right now. She's on like a she's on a steroid of some sort, which is probably gonna help when we go clang and bang, but uh I, I, I don't know, man. I, I got it. I don't feel happy about it. I feel I feel kind of gross and I feel kinda dirty. Like I I don't know. I, I, I really did think that I would never, never not get it, but I'm gonna be fine, honestly. I'm gonna be fine. I was really iffy about whether I was gonna do this episode at all, but I decided, you know what, you gotta you gotta do it. The the people out there, they need you. They need you, I see robots. Without you, it's like what what are they doing? I hope that you enjoyed that best of. I'm gonna I'm gonna make more of those. I, it was pretty fun. It didn't take very long to put together, and the the IC Robots Radio catalog is so rich that there there's no reason not to dig into it and and, and uh, take a peek. But there you go, guys. I, I'm sick right now. We're gonna be right back in a sec. We're gonna open up. Uh, we're gonna open up a He-Man vehicle, and it is going to be more fun than I could ever have imagined having fun in my life. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. He-Man. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. 
I see robots. Yeah, that me, the guy who sold that nitwit Kaldor the acid that he dropped and used it to burn off his face. What a, what a maroon, as they would say in an old cartoon. Let's see, uh, we got, we got a couple Motu holdovers. This one, this one has been on my floor for the longest time. I know the last time I did an episode a couple weeks ago, I said I was going to open up this one, but I, I don't think I did. I think we talked about that wrestling trip instead where I potentially uh, got the virus that's going to cause my death. But what I, what I have right here is a Masters of the Universe land shark. It's an evil monster but also a vehicle. I I apologize. I'm really like I'm really stuffed up right now, so you might notice my voice sounds weird and it does it does sound weird to me in my earphones. That was the sound of the Arthur Fonzarelli brand switchblade. We're going to cut into the box, the tape. The tape on the box, not the box itself. There are three three pieces on this one part right here and I'm going to I'm going to open it up. Nice box. Nice graphics, honestly. I I like this a lot. Let's um let's take a look at the back. They have Castle Grayskull. I really do need to buy the Castle Grayskull. And then we got Battle Armor He-Man, She-Ra, Roboto, Battle Armor Skeletor, Merman, Zodak, Clamp Champ, Ram-Man, Panthor, Battle Cat, and the Land Shark. Out of this, I have She-Ra, I have Merman, I have Clamp Champ, and I got Battle Cat, and now Land Shark. I do... I do want to get a panther. I kind of didn't at first, but now I kind of do want one. I I want the flocked one. Shout, Shout out, out to our tape from the crypt. The guy who introduced me to the idea of a flocked flocked panther. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before uh before we get into this, what even is this uh thing here? Um what does the computer have to say? The Land Shark is a vehicle that features in the 1980s toy line Masters of the Universe and the animated television series based on the toy line. The Land Shark is a shark-like tank with powerful jaws that Skeletor uses to menace Eternia. The Land Shark toy was large enough to hold a single action figure. The toy had two large guns and molded treads even though it rolled on hidden wheels. The front of the vehicle was a fuchsia shark's head with rubber orange teeth. As the toy was pushed, the shark jaws slowly opened then snapped shut. Let's cut this. We can pull this off. There's one right here. We're going to cut that off. Pull that out. It's a weapon of, of uh, some kind. Then I think we might be able to pull the vehicle out. Nope. There are always more, always more rubber bands on these things. I picked this up at the flea market. I don't know if you guys recall. I got it, I got it, I believe, for $5, which is, which is great price for something as cool as this. It's also held on the bottom. Come on, you guys are overdoing it a bit. I, I might just, how do I get this off? Well, it fell off, so there you go. And then there's this piece right here. Did I break it? I might have. It fell. It fell to the ground. What a what an opening, huh? Let's um let's put this back on. It was one of the treads. It comes off easily enough. And then this gun here goes on the other part. I like it, man. It it's really kooky. It's like a full-on tank, like an armored vehicle. But the front, can you hear that? Is like a shark. And as you roll it, the mouth opens up. Do you hear that? 
theater of the mind, my friends. Theater of the mind. The gun fell off again. Or did the tread fall off? The tread and the gun fell off. I think that... I think this guy took more damage than I thought when it fell. I mean, like, it's fine. But these pieces kind of come off a little uh, a little too easily. Let's, let's try to put it back in and see if we can get some kind of a snap or something. So we know that they're held on. Yeah, that looks good enough. The guns move up and down. Very cool. There is a seat for Skeletor to sit as he menaces Eternia with this. I, I think this is cool, man. This wasn't one that, like, I necessarily was gonna get when it came out, but I, I couldn't pass up the $5 flea market price. And plus, the box is, like, so awesome, honestly. No, no, no booklet, no comic or anything for this. A little bit of a ripoff in that regard, but I do, I do like it, man. Back in the day, remember back in the day, like, getting a figure was not, I'm not gonna say, like, a common occurrence, but you could usually, like, talk your mom or dad into getting a figure. They're only, like, only, like, three or four dollars, you know, you could talk them into that, but getting a vehicle, a full-on vehicle was, like, that, for me, at least, was, like, that was gonna be your birthday. Like, getting getting a vehicle like this would full-on be, like, a birthday present or, like, a Christmas present or maybe, like, Uncle Vern was coming by and we haven't seen him in a while and he was gonna... He wanted to treat us to something nice. And it, it, it's like having something like this as an adult. It's really cool, but it makes you... Makes you think back that, like, I wish I could have had this when I was when I was a kid because I would have had so much fun with this. Not to say... I'm not going to have fun with it as an adult because look at it. It's a tank with a shark on the front. I mean, what's not to like about that, honestly? It rolls and as it rolls, the mouth opens. I mean, like, for sure, He-Man's going to get, get a bit and he's going to be up inside here. I like I like the stickers on the back. They have stickers make it look like a jet engine. And then on the inside here, you can see the controls and stuff. Very cool. I'm going to hold your horses for a moment. I'm going to walk across my office and I'm going to get a figure that I'm going to put in there. Right, Macho Man Randy Savage from the uh, the He-Man WWF collab. Let's, uh, I'm back. This is terrible and I apologize, but I got to admit to you guys, I'm like, I'm like fully dealing with what feels like brain fog of some, of some sort. Like I did, uh, I did a lot of laundry and I put, um, a Tide Pod into, into the thing to wash it with. I I don't know, man. I just like, I'm off my game, fully off my game. But I got the I got the Macho Man inside of here. And let, let me tell you, dude, he looks, he looks like he was born for this. He looks like he was born to ride inside of a tank with a shark on it. Beauty, beauteous. Uh, I think we're gonna call it. I, I, need, to, I need to go take a nap. But uh, this is me, I see robots. We're gonna jump into Derek and he's gonna tell us what's going on in uh, Japanese League Baseball. This week in Japanese League Baseball. Hi, this is Derek, head of the IC Robots Radio Sports Division. This week in Japanese League Baseball the teams are beginning the part of training where they decide who makes the team and who does not. Of course baseball skill weighs heavily in the decision but other factors are accounted for as well. Potential players are required to give a sample of their blood, urine and also hair. The samples are then run through a machine that measures three different things. These things are, maximum height and weight, 
Courage and last but certainly most important, the machine measure how much you sweat. How much, how much you, you sweat? sweat? Yes. yes. Japan has been facing a massive drought for the last few years and water costs are through the roof. So your sweat potential is a factor in how often you shower or bathe. A rookie that takes a lot of very expensive showers is almost assured to be cut before opening day. This is Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. That was Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. This is world famous. An audio recording. This is world famous. An audio recording. This is world famous. An audio recording. I see robots radio. The strongest team in the streets. Up next, a blast from the recent past. a bath it's disgusting a bath i'm sitting there in a tepid pool of my own filth. a bath yeah man your dude i see robots that being me likes to uh i like to take a bath dude i think it's a lot of fun i enjoy getting under the under the warm embrace of the hot water i I have been sick like we like we've been talking about and I haven't like gone out of the house and done a bunch of things as of late, you know, not not wanting to uh, pass my illness on to the rest of the world. But one of the activities that I, I was able to enjoy here here in the good old Icy Robots Earth base was a was a soak in a large basin full of hot water and I, I did this the other day and I, I found a, a wizard magazine in the in, in, in the bathroom, we have like a basket of magazines that like I'll, I'll look at when I'm when I'm taking a soak. Sometimes magazines that like I have doubled up or magazines that I don't really really care to keep. Things that have lost covers, you know. And I'll I'll just you know toss a bath bomb in there, toss in a uh, you know some uh, bubble bath, some Calgon as it were, and I'll just like lay back and read the magazine. The magazine I had this time was a Wizard magazine that I hadn't I hadn't seen in a while. It had Brandon Routh on on, on the cover. It is um, issue number 172. It has uh, Ralph on the cover, like like I said, and he, I don't think that he ever got his due as, as Superman, to be honest with you guys. I, I, I thought that he was, I thought that he was really good, man. He was very Reeves-esque to me. I would have, I would have liked to have seen more of that, honestly. I thought that he, I thought that he had just a very Reevesian quality to him, very very good uh good actor as well but in in this um in the in the wizard magazine there was an article about how how writer Brad Meltzer was going to take over the the JLA comic and they were talking to him about who might potentially be on the team and they they um they listed a bunch of guys and I 
I was really I intrigued by this. I, I thought to myself, like, what would be what would be a, a list of dudes I would make out of out of the people? They gave him a list, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read that one to you now. And uh, this this is going with the assumption that you get Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman right off the bat. Like you get the you get the Holy Trinity. But here are the names of the people on the list. There's Hal Jordan. Green Arrow, Black Canary, Zatanna, Hawkman, Captain Adam, Nightwing, Donna Troy, Cyborg, The Flash, Aquaman, Red Tornado, Elongated Man, Firestorm, Vixen, Supergirl, Booster Gold, Power Girl, Catman, Mr. Miracle, Gypsy, Jack-O-Lantern, The Question, Dr. Fate, Dr. Light, The Female Dr. Light, The Atom, Martian Manhunter, Captain Marvel, Mary Marvel, Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner, Jon Stewart, Fire, Plastic Man, Steel, Animal Man, Arsenal, Blue Devil, Zariel, Big Barda, Adam Smasher, Blue Beetle, Dead Shot, Vibe, General Glory, Catwoman, Adam Strange, The Creeper, and the Green Lantern known as Ganort. Really, um, that, that's a pretty good list of, uh, everybody who, like, potentially would be considered for Justice League membership at this, at this time. There, there might be, like, a surprise here or there, but I, I do think that this covers, like, just about everybody that you would, that you would want. There are a couple interesting ones in here, like Adam Strange, I've always, I've always liked him. Gnort, Gnort's already been a, been a member, as well as, uh, Animal Man. Was a member at one point. He's always an interesting character to me. That that Grant Morrison random animal man was fantastic. Then the question, no matter no matter how much you kind of twist and turn him, I don't I don't see him as a JLA member. He he has like the the power set of Batman. You know, they're both they're both like detectives and they're both like fighters and everything. And Batman just he's so much better at it than the question. The question, he's a street level guy, you know, he needs to be out there like punching dudes in the gutter. Let's see, Catman is a interesting one, but I, I think that he's also a lot like he's a lot like Batman. He has that Batman power set. Like, you don't really there's a couple different ideas I, I bat around when I when I think about JLAs. I wonder like what if you just like packed it full of all the most powerful people available and like those those guys could all just, you know, handle any problem or do you want to get varied um like different skill sets overall so that um you know, you have like every contingency covered or by by packing your team with like uh Shazam and all those guys, do you do you cover things that way? It's a couple a couple different ways to look at it, but I I think for the the sake of fun, we can we can kind of do both. So let's um you got you got the three, the Holy Trinity, and I think that you get five others. If you're just if you're just looking to make like the most uh, powerful team you can make, I think you need uh you need Captain Marvel, you need Shazam, and I think that you would also want Mary Marvel. They're both they're both very similar as far as uh, strength and whatnot. And then you'd want Supergirl, one of the most powerful people out there. Just because she's not as powerful as Superman doesn't mean she's not more powerful than just about everybody else. And then you would grab uh, Firestorm. Dude is ridiculously powerful. He can turn anything into anything else. He can turn any element into any other element. If you really, if you really kind of like look at that, that is a off the charts power set right there. You can... You can just go ahead and turn everything into, uh, you know, radioactive, uh, uranium cake. Yellow cake uranium. And just blow the world to bits. Uh, so, let's see, you got 
So there you got Captain Marvel, Mary Marvel, Supergirl, Firestorm, and then one more. Let's, uh, who on this list is just off the charts powerful? Donna Troy is, uh, nearly as powerful as Wonder Woman. You got a, you got a lot there. But I'm gonna go ahead and I am going to pick, for this particular team... You always need a Green Lantern. On, on a JLA team, you have to have a Green Lantern no matter what kind of thing you're going for. And for this team, I am going to go ahead. I'm going to put Guy Gardner just to just to make it a little fun there. Guy Gardner recently popped back up on my radar. He's in the uh, Human Target, this this miniseries by Tom King I've been reading lately. It's, it's great. He He's a major character in that. So there you have it. You have... Captain and Mary Marvel. I, I, I feel like it, it's important to remember that when you have, like, your Mary Marvels, your Supergirls, or whatever, while these gals aren't as powerful as, like, the male counterpart, they are more powerful than just about everyone else. So Captain Marvel, Mary Marvel, Supergirl, Firestorm, and Guy Gardner, along with Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, who would be your all-powerhouse JLA team off this list. You guys throw one at me hit me up on the tweet at marvel handbook we can talk some dc stuff here is the latest from Pootronics, the company that brought you johnny coins and jimmy dean flavored food cubes presenting the Pootronics brand perspa Meter. the perspa Meter is a machine that measures the potential for future perspiration by taking a sample of blood and a sample of urine and mixing them together the sample is then swallowed by a lab technician who has their blood tested by the Perspirometer for the original patient's potential for future sweating problems. Available for home use starting in April. The Pooptronics brand Perspirometer. Pooptronics! Wow, uh, that was, that was some paid advertisement from Pooptronics. They, you know, they pay the bill sometimes. It's unfortunate, but with... With the Patreon going down instead of up, like I like I would hope, it's uh you know I gotta do what I gotta do. We got these Pooptronics uh, ads in there. Gotta gotta pay the bills. Gotta keep the lights on. But what I what I did for the um for the next bit here is I I went ahead and I picked the team that if I were gonna write the Justice League, like I was gonna I was gonna make some episodes or some issues or whatever. This this is the team that I would pick. Now we're gonna go. Along with the rules of the last time where you get Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And then I went ahead and I picked five. And I have one extra one that uh, we, we'll, we'll talk about when we get there. The The first person that I pick is Mary Marvel. I think Mary Marvel is cool. I I saw the Shazam movie, the new one. I thought it was alright. It was fine. You know, fam, family entertainment. It was it was lighthearted. It wasn't awesome. It wasn't terrible. It was, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was a couple hours long. But um, Mary Marvel was in it. And, I you know, I saw her in her costume. And I'm like, that is a really cool character that I feel is completely underutilized. And she's just about as powerful as Captain Marvel. So you get, like, an additional powerhouse on the team there, who's also kind of new to the big-time superhero game, so she can, like, she can learn on the job. Then I went ahead and I put the green arrow. I think you need somebody on the team to kind of act as the captain of the B team. What... What I mean by that is the Holy Trinity, the Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, they are, they're the A-team. They're going to handle anything that's really big. Anything where, like, the whole planet's at risk. Anything where, like, Darkseid is there or Mongol is there. You're going to get dealt with 
by those guys. But then you have the other guys who are going to be doing, you know, um, like smaller missions around helping and, and whatever. And I think you need somebody to, with a lot of experience to be the leader of that squad. You also need somebody who's not afraid to go, you know, toe-to-toe verbally with the with the Holy Three, and uh, our guy Green Arrow is not afraid to go toe-to-toe verbally with anybody, so I put him there as uh, the leader of the second team, and then the third person I pick is Zatanna. I think Zatanna's really great, underutilized character. You gotta have someone on the team to deal with magic, just in case you get some kind of some kind of, you know, villain from the great beyond coming to, uh, get you. I, I felt like your big options are, you know, Dr. Fate, and then maybe, like, the Phantom Stranger, or somebody like that, or Constantine, John Constantine, but going off this list, I picked Zatanna. I've, I've heard talk of a Zatanna movie every once in a while. I, I, I'm on my Hollywood stock. I own, I own some shares of that, and it kind of never, never seems to come about, but then, the next thing you need on the list, you need a Green Lantern. You gotta have somebody with those cosmic powers. And I'm gonna go ahead and pick Gnort. Gnort was a member of the Justice League International. He's he's kind of like some kind of like an animal man. He's like an alien. He he looks like like a squirrel or like a raccoon or or something. And he was he was always portrayed as kind of a dumb dumb. But he but he appeared in in this Human Target that I've been reading, and they. They, they show that he's not like, you know, he's not like a goofball. He, he's a drunkie. He's a drunkard. And I, I think that that might be kind of, kind of fun to write. You got like this super powered guy, well-meaning guy, but he's always blowing things because he's, uh, sauced on the, uh, the old booze. Then the next dude I'm going to pick is Blue Beetle. I'm going to pick Blue Beetle, but I'm not going to pick Booster Gold. So you get that dynamic of like Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle. He's trying to go, he's trying to go straight. He's picked to be on the team, and he feels like he can leave behind that, like, that, like, I'm a silly guy who hangs out with Booster Gold, but at the same time, you, you're gonna get, you're gonna get Booster as, as, like, a side character who's in there going, like, why didn't I get picked? I'm just as good as you, Ted. I can do all, I can do all kinds of things. I can fly. I got a robot. I, I can, like, shoot zip zaps out of my hands and stuff, so... You get, like, an interesting dynamic there that I, I think you can kind of kind of play on. I, myself, I've always been prone to the Justice League International. That's the, the one where you had, like, your Batman and your Shazams and your... It was kind of a, kind of lighter. It was written by, by Keith Giffen. I, I enjoyed that a lot. So, you know, Blue Beetle was part of that. Gnort was part of that. And I, I don't know. I just, I've, I've always enjoyed that team. The, the human target that I'm reading is, is kind of... It's kind of based around that, too. There's a lot of interactions like Fire and Eyes and, and Guy Gardner and Gnord. And it's all... All we need is, like, Maxwell Lord to pop up in there. Having having Pedro Pascal, the, the great Pedro Pascal, play Maxwell Lord in a Wonder Woman movie and having it not be very good is like going up for the slam dunk. Like, you're up in the air in the slam dunk. I'm talking about Wonder Woman 1984. You're up in the air... You're up in the air, and you go to dunk, and you just, like, completely miss the rim and, and, and slam the ball into the ground. It was, that seems like a can't miss. Uh, Gal Gadot's great as Wonder Woman. It's like you got Gal Gadot, Pedro Pascal, and you, you dunk it into the ground. But there you go, guys. You got my five. Oh, one more. I, on, on a side note, this is, I feel like it's essential to have, like, a, a science guy on the team. So I would, I would pick the Adam, Ray Palmer, but I would have him... I would have him working in the background, doing, you know, like, chemistry and science stuff, like, back at, back at the Hall of Justice, while the other guys are out, like, out, like, fighting crime, and then every once in a while, you can, like, 
you could have some kind of adventure in, in the microverse or like they got to go and like do something like he discovered something at the microscopic level and they all got to they got to go down there and, and do that kind of stuff. It opens up opens up some stories. So there you got it. My team, they're all fun to me. I think these guys would all be cool to write. I might have the question drop in every once in a while. You can't can't go wrong with Vic Sage. Shout out to Vic Sage. Homeboy had a birthday the other day. Shout out to Vic. I I think it's about time to move forward. Up next, we're going to do some uh, reading Rainbow, Butterflies in the Sky. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading Hold on, I'm reaching, I'm reaching away from the, uh, I'm reaching away from the microphone right now, and I do apologize for that, but I got, I got a couple things here that I've been, that I've been going through. The first, um, the number one book that I've read, you know, number one in order, is a book called Caddyshack, The Making of a Hollywood Cinderella Story by Chris Nashawanti. This was, um, you know, the behind the scenes of, uh, how they made Caddyshack, which is, which is a classic film. There is a lot, a lot about the, uh, the National Lampoon days, the origin of the magazine, all the people, all the people that worked on that, who later went on to success, you know, your Bill Murray's, your, uh, your Chevy Chase, your, uh, your guys like that. The, the book is really cool, though. Very, very easy read. It only has, like, well, it's, it's actually a bit long, longer than I thought. It's about 250... 270 pages or around thereabouts. Um, it does give you a lot of neat info. Nothing, nothing that's like you know mind blowing. Uh, a lot of, a lot of um about how the, the the whole movie, the production was just out of control. There was like a lot of uh, cocaine floating around. Everybody was uh you know doing their fair share of that. Um, there were there were other things, mushrooms, marijuanas, all these all these various drugs and whatnot, and it was. That was just the way of the world at the time, dude. I think it I think it might be the way of the world at all times, but they were they were zooted out of their gourds when they when they made this movie. And it is it is a wonder that it turned out as well as it did. They they had a lot of good stuff. It turns out, you know, they shot a lot of good stuff. The studio had to go out there and bring in like the dude who edited Gone with the Wind, the literal guy who edited Gone with the Wind to put the movie together and turn it into what it is today. That um that's a good movie, dude. Really, really good a potential five mic movie hall of famer caddyshack and then and then i read a couple comic books i read um action comics number 1051 this is a super sized book it has a big uh, big tale of um you know our guy clark kent and then another tale of power girl as well as like a like a superboy tale nothing Nothing really jumped out at me about this one. They're they're kind of like beginning a whole new thing with um the the comic being sort of sort of like a a digest of all the different uh, Superman family tales. You know, you got your Superman, Superboy, Super Kid, Supergirl, Steel, all the way down to you know you name it. Uh, Streaky the Super Cat. So I, you know, I read. I read action every month, and I have I have for a long time. I, I I think it's kind of important to keep up on 
on these like the big titles. If anything happens in DC, it's somehow going to involve Superman. So I stay on top of Superman. Then I read the Fantastic Four number four. This is the uh, you know the numbering reboot of uh, the good old FF. I'm a big time FF fan, and I'm enjoying this. The covers are done by Alex Ross and. The tale is like the, you know, the the Fantastic Four at this point when you start over, they're outcasts from New York. They've been chased away and we don't know why. They're all they're all angry at each other and they're all separated, you know, the the thing and Alicia are over here, the Johnny Storm is over here. He he's going out under a new alias. His name instead of Johnny Storm is um Jimmy Fairweather and he's out he's out working in the world. He's like working at Walmart trying to connect with the people. They're there's a whole episode dedicated issue dedicated to that. That was a pretty good one. The Adventures of Jimmy Fairweather. And then in this one, you finally find out what happened that drove the Fantastic Four out of New York. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. It's been out for a few months, and if you're if you're not caught up on this, it's fine. What happened was they had some kind of like a disaster in New York and it was all centered around the Baxter building. It was like an extra dimensional invasion, and they had to do something where in which like the only way they could get the villains away was to, like, send them in, into time. They had to use some kind of, like, time thing to, like, launch them away. But it also, like, involved they had to send, like, the entire block, like, into time. So people were separated from their loved ones that happened to be on this block for an entire year. And coincidentally, which is weird to me, there was a uh, daycare center around there. So a lot of people had their children sent one year in the future. The whole thing is gone. It's gone. The whole area that they sent away is gone. And then one day, one year from now, it, it is going to reappear and you'll be reunited with everybody who are unaware they were ever gone in the first place. But as you can imagine, people are pretty mad at the Fantastic Four for sending, like, everybody who is at work there, everybody in the middle of Manhattan, all these children, just everybody's mad, including the thing and Alicia who have children who were at that daycare, and they're very mad that uh, they're not going to be reunited with them for a year. But the FF is trying to get back together again because there are some wacknesses afoot. And finally, I read a book called Raekwon, from Staircase to the Stage by Raekwon and Anthony Boza. Raekwon, Raekwon is of course in the Wu-Tang Clan. You might know him as Raekwon the Chef, as Fruquan, is any. Any number of aliases, Lex Diamond, I think, was was another one. He is uh, one of the founding members of the Wu-Tang Clan, one of the original eight. And this, this is his tale from, uh, you know, the beginning all the way to uh, the the glory that is the Wu-Tang Clan. I, I'm a giant Wu-Tang Clan fan. I, I've read uh, this book. I've read a book by the RZA. I've seen all, all the documentaries, all the everything. I, I think that... I think they just have a cool everything going on around them. You know, the the fashion, the style, the music. It's all, it's all fine. And it takes me back to a day when I was when I was working at the movie theater with our guy Gino Vega way, way back then. I, I remember sharing this tape with him. He was uh, working the box office, and I was working the uh, the door. And I, I brought it into him. I wanted to impress guy. Guy was in a band. Guy was cool, and I wanted to impress him with like, like the music that I was into and whatever. And I, I, I think he liked it. I, I, I recall he. He didn't like uh, some of the other things I loaned him, but I, I do think that he liked that. I remember him especially disliking this Craig Mack tape that I that I recommended to him. But uh, he still he still probably like this one. But um, this this is an interesting tale, man. I picked this one up on eBay. I think that I got it for like two dollars. I did a I did a search on a uh, rap books, and this one 
this one came up and I, I had never heard of it before, so I, I decided to uh, get it. I remember when I first ordered it, I did not have very high hopes, but then when I got it and, and I began looking at it, I realized this is really good, and I don't know why I didn't think that it would be good in the first place. I mean, the dude's a writer. He's a professional writer. He writes raps. He's one of the best best rap writer in all, all, all the world of rap, and I, I should have expected, but it was, it was really cool, man. He tells the story of how... The Wu-Tang Clan weren't like a bunch of dudes who knew each other. They were like a bunch of dudes. The uh, the RZA, the leader of the Wu, put together, and they all recorded separately at different times. They they would like hang out with the RZA and record some raps, and then eventually he put it all together and made the made the record. And that how he didn't really connect with a lot of those dudes in in a big way, except for except for Ghostface Killer. He said how Ghostface Killer was like he was like a real crook back in the day. Raekwon said the project he came from. Guys there were more into, like, drug dealing as a way to make money, but over on uh, Ghostface side of town, they were more into, like, robbing guys who were drug dealers to make money. And he was, like, Ghostface was, like, a real guy. And one of the reasons he had to wear, like, a mask all the time when they would perform in New York is because, like, people might be looking for him because he was always out there robbing dudes with, like, a robbing crew and whatever. So I, and I, I thought that was interesting. And, like, the two of them connected and they, you know, they went off and they recorded, like, a famous record together, the... The famous purple tape, the famous only built for Cuban links, the purple tape. The the thing that's cool about that, besides that, like it's a all time classic record, is that the the original first pressing was on a purple cassette, like it's a a see through plastic purple cassette. And I I do have I do have the purple tape from you know my original purple tape, but I don't have the case. I have I have the purple tape. I can see it right here on my wrap wrap shelf, but I don't have the case. I. I do intend to get one, even even a replica, I think, because it's just for me, which would be fine. This is um, this is a valuable rap cassette. Go look that one up. Only built for Cuban links, the the purple tape. I've seen it go for hundreds. I've seen sealed ones go for thousands. It was only the first ten thousand. The original idea he wanted was a green tape because it was for money, but they didn't have green, so they went with purple because purple was the uh, color of royalty. Another thing is that uh, Raekwon thought the RZA was shady. He doesn't really like the RZA. He doesn't get along with the RZA very well. He he realizes they can have a working relationship, and he likes the uh, likes doing that. But he doesn't. He, he just he thinks he's shady. He thinks he's out for himself. He thinks that the Rizzo represented him and the ODB, who was his cousin, way more than the other people because they were related. And he he just felt like there was a lot of nepotism going on. But you know, honestly, I think that in real life you have to expect if there is a nepotism component that that is going to come in play. But I think you also has to factor in that you would probably choose to promote your cousin or your brother or your child ahead of somebody who's not that. So I, it's something you do have to, you do have to deal with the, uh, the nepotism. But, uh, anywho, this was, this was a good one, dude. A lot of conflict in the Wu-Tang Clan. A lot of conflict. It's, uh, a fact of life, I guess, when you have eight different people who don't really know each other in the first place. But if you happen to, if you happen to run into this one at, like, a used bookstore, a secondhand bookstore or something, Raekwon from staircase to stardom good good stuff in there i enjoyed that a lot i got a got a couple books on the horizon right now i'm going to i'm trying to look at my stack right here i'm going to read elvira's book and then i got a book by chuck d at paperbacks unlimited i want to read then i picked up one by kevin smith that i'm going to read and then i got another one it's by gary shandling it's a bio of larry sanders i picked that up at a secondhand store for like a dollar really looking forward to reading that and being a big fan of uh, gary shandling and larry sanders shout out to 
Shout out to Gary Chandling. So, guy, we are going to get out of here right about now. I think I think this might be a little shorter than usual, but I don't got a lot to say. I've been in the house being sick, but I'm I'm venturing out into the world, and and we'll have uh, good things on the horizon coming soon. Supportthereport.com. This is me, I should Robot, signing off, saying if you do not like the news, feel free to go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, and bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people listen because they want a mystery Some people listen, then say we're whack But if they miss the show, they get a heart attack Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip The whole world sees you as a hypocrite Live out the first law and make yourself preservation If the show doesn't help you, change the station If you don't want peace in the world Love, peace, and happiness, and an endless world If all you want to do is keep the whole world back You're the one that's whack And we're Yo, Slick Blow. That's right. Yeah, I see Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Shira, Roboto, Shira, I have Merman, I have Slamcamp, and I got Shira, Roboto, Theater of the Mind. I see you over on the radio. I mean, this place is back. I'm going to kill you. I feel like I'm cool again.